Hey listeners, welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered, the podcast where I talk about whatever the hell I want. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Caroline. I am a college grad from the University of Rhode Island, and I am from upstate New York. Uh, This episode is going to be surrounding May uh, because it's Mental Health Awareness Month, so I just wanted to talk about that, raise awareness, kind of share my story, and just cover that entire uncomfortable, unfiltered conversation. I'm really excited for this episode, so let's jump right into it. So to get this episode going, um, I wanted to start with a quote of the week, similar to how I did last week. Um, And this week's quote is, mental health isn't a battle to be won, it is a journey to continue walking. And that's by um, Lindsay Atkinson. And I really think that that um, kind of encompasses everything that I'm going to talk about throughout this episode, just about mental health. Um, I always describe it as a journey. I don't say that it is necessarily like a two-day progression of you taking some pills and you're going to wake up feeling like a whole new person or whatever. Um, The journey to mental health and mental well-being is a process, and it takes longer for some people than others, but um, I'm going to get into that a little bit more later on in the episode. Um, So what's going on in my life this week? Uh, So I have commencement this weekend, uh, virtual commencement, because no in-person commencement for my school until the fall, hopefully. Um, Also, I'll be moving out of my apartment tomorrow, which is really sad because I have lived in this apartment for three years now which is a really long time. Um, At my school, typically students don't live in the same house for more than a year. They like to bounce around, um, but this is just a really great spot. It's a great department. I couldn't have asked for anything better. A lot of memories here. Just so much stuff has happened, and it's going to be an emotional goodbye tomorrow, but um, it's it's not a goodbye. It's a see you later because I will be back to visit my roommate's um, in the fall because one of my roommates is staying here in this apartment so I kind of feel like I like I'm passing on the torch to her <laughs> um, the TV show or movie of the week I wanted to see if you guys would like this just because especially during coronavirus and quarantine people aren't supposed to be you know out and about and I've seen so many people sharing their TV show and movie recommendations so the TV show actually for this week is All American it's available on Netflix and I think that it really is a really like interesting um TV show I just completely lost my wording it focuses around um a teenage high school age boy um he's African American and he goes to um Crenshaw High School in California And then he gets recruited to play at the Beverly Hills High School. And there's just a lot of, like, kind of social themes that are underlying, a lot of, like, racial themes that are underlying. And I think it's really interesting, and it really highlights a lot of um, significant components to, like, race, culture, and things that, you know, relate to that. Um, The Booker article of this week, uh, I actually found this article on Cosmo, and it was a... Um, article where Mary-Kate Olsen, who's getting divorced from her husband, I don't know if it's Olivier or Olivier, I don't know, we'll just refer to him as her ex-husband. So the article title is, Mary-Kate Olsen says she's petrified, her husband will force her out of her apartment, 
and it's by Mahara Bonner, I think, believe is how you say her name. Uh, so basically, amid her divorce, he's given her up until May 18th to move out of her New York City home, and she filed a petition for an emergency summons and complaint for divorce, protecting her and the property until May 30th. Her petition was actually denied, and um, her divorce was deemed unessential. So um, I actually have a picture of the affidavit that was obtained by uh, people, I believe, just of what she said. Um, she said, this application is an emergency because my husband expects me to move out of our home on Monday, May 18th, 2020, in the middle of New York City being on pause due to COVID-19. I'm petrified that my husband is trying to deprive me of the home that we have lived in, and if he is successful, I will not only lose my home, but I will risk losing my personal property as well. Um, so kind of going along with that, she mentioned that, like, her main concern is the disposal of her belongings, like, her personal... And I do feel really bad for her because, like, no one deserves to have all this happen, and she is basically saying that, like, she can't just pick up and move during the coronavirus in New York City. Like, that's just seemingly impossible. Like, I'm moving out of my apartment, but I'm going to a suburban town where there's nothing really going on, so it's not that big of a deal to me. But um, we do all really have to feel for her on this one, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to. Um, I just hope that it all works out in her favor. Okay, so now I wanted to get into the, uh, the dirt of this week's podcast. Um, I'm just going to give a trigger warning because I'm going to be talking a lot about like sensitive stuff with um, anxiety and depression. Um, I'm not really going to be talking about graphic stuff because that's not really appropriate for me to discuss on a podcast, in my opinion, um, especially you know, on a, on a public format like this. Um, I just don't really want to get into that kind of stuff. I want to focus on the awareness of this and not as much the like graphic details of that. I'm sure that there's other podcasts out there um, that will cover that, but I don't, I don't really want to talk about that. So I just kind of wanted to give a little preface there. If this is going to be triggering or it's going to be harmful to you in some way, you probably shouldn't listen, but that's up to you. Uh, so basically, my story is having an invisible illness. Um, it's a, I don't even know like how to put it because people don't really understand mental health disorders, especially people not in like my generation, like the older people, like my parents' age, like it's not a norm for them to have the anxiety and the stress and depressive like feelings and emotions like we do um I think partially a lot of it is just based on like the pressure to be successful in our generation and our society that we've been put under um I'm not really going to get into that because that could be a whole other episode in itself but I just kind of wanted to share my story and um just if I can help someone out there and give some insight into someone's life then that's all that matters to me um so I would say that my anxiety kind of started, um, I have what's called depersonalized, like depersonalization anxiety or like dissociative anxiety disorder. Um, it's basically like if you're watching yourself like through a movie do things, that's what it's kind of described as. 
Um, I can't really like describe it because I experience it and I understand it. But when I try and describe it to other people, they're like, oh, okay. It's kind of if you were watching yourself do things, that's the best way that I would put it. Um, but it didn't start like that. So I noticed um, maybe a little less than halfway through my sophomore year, the fall of my sophomore year of college, I just was really, really like on edge all the time. I was really anxious and stressed out. And a lot of it was attributed to school and work at the time because I've worked all throughout college. I've always had a job and um, I wasn't sleeping well. I was really like short and mean to people. I was always snapping at people. And I like went to the uh, counseling center at my school. Um, every school has their own different resources, but we have a counseling center that offers um, walk-in counseling and they have walk-in hours, but they've gotten a lot better about it. And they now have like a 24 seven call line, I guess that you can call and talk to someone. Um, so I went in and I filled out like an online form, like explaining why I was there. And then I met with a, um, like, she was a grad student and she was, like, just asking me why I was there and, like, what I kind of was trying to get out of it. And I told her that, like, I had tried to resolve my anxiety and, like, my depressive, like, feelings, but nothing was really working. So ultimately I was trying to get referred to um, health services at my school, which is um, where they can... You can meet with a nurse. She's like an RN. She specializes in like psychiatric medication or something like that. I don't I don't know the gist of it. But um so I got I got the referral and then I went and met with her and I described my like symptoms and what I was experiencing and it was too late in the semester, I guess, for her to prescribe me medication. Um they like to keep a close eye on students when they first start prescribing medication just because they don't know like how people are going to react and they want to do weekly check-ins, which I totally understand. And so she told me that if I was still, you know, thought that I would want to try medication that I should come back um, at the beginning of the spring semester. And I didn't. So I just kind of put it on the back burner. And I was also in like a not so great relationship at the time, which allowed me to like not focus on myself. I was very concerned about my partner and like, his well-being over mine um that's that's a whole other thing though I don't have anything like bad to say about him but it's just I wasn't really focusing on myself I was really more concerned with him and like what he was doing because he didn't live in Rhode Island um so then fast forward to I'd probably say this past summer so um the summer going into my senior year uh up to this point I had just kind of been like dealing with whatever was going on. Um, and then I started experiencing episodes of depersonalization and it was really strange. Um, the first one that I like distinctly remember was when I was driving home after a workout and my little sister was in the car with me and she, um, was like just talking and I was driving and I just felt my hands getting farther and farther away from the steering wheel and I like my body was fully aware of what it was doing but it was like my brain and my body were detached from each other and it was really scary it only lasted for like a couple of minutes and like I didn't want to say anything to her because I didn't want to freak her out but then I just kind of went home and I think I took a nap or something but I was like, that's really weird. And then kind of more and more throughout the summer, I noticed that um, it start it kept happening. 
and then um, I came back to school, and I was so excited to come back to school, um, like, senior year, hell yeah, you know, all that stuff, and I was kind of talking with my roommate, who's a pharmacy student, Lauren, the one that was on um, last week's podcast, and I was going back and forth with her about trying to get, um, like, get on medication. I was like, I don't know, because I don't want to be, like, on something for the rest of my life, but, like, I can't, I can't keep going like this. And so um, I called the doctor who I had seen before, and I was able to get in with her and meet with her. And she prescribed me um, the first medication that I took. And she said it takes a couple of weeks to work because they, these medications have to, like, metabolize in your body and, like, be in your body for a certain amount of time before it starts to work. I don't, I don't understand it, but that's just, that's how she explained it. And so um, she started me on a very low dose, and then around, like, the second week, I would say, that I was on it, my roommate was driving to school, because we used to carpool on, like, Tuesdays and Thursdays or something like that, and she was talking, and I was, like, drinking my morning smoothie and, like, on my phone, and I just, like, all of a sudden started feeling really weird. Like, my body got hot and cold at the exact same time, and, like, everything was numb, and I literally thought that I was dying. I was kind of, like, hyperventilating in, like, the passenger seat. And, like, thank God she was driving because I don't know what I would have done. Um, and I just turned to her and I was like, can you drop me off at health services? Like, I need to go to health services right now. And I, like, ran in there and was freaking out. And, like, I talked to the doctor, but then they referred me to a different doctor. So um, that's the doctor that I've been seeing up to this point. And I've gone through a couple of different medications, which I'll get into later. <laughs> nice like super old though like I love him but he's he's so old but I think that's why he's so smart and he has so much insight into the different anxiety disorders and um so he prescribed me my um the medication I take now for my anxiety and um also my like sleeping medication and also um a Xanax prescription, which I take, like, so infrequently. I don't even know why I have it. It's literally 0.25. It's of a milligram. It doesn't do anything besides calm me down. It's intended for panic attacks, and that's the only reason I take it, or if I, like, feel really, really anxious and I need to, like, calm down. Um, so I was taking those for a couple of weeks, and I went to go meet with him again, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of feeling, you know, like same like nothing's really changed that much and so he actually suggested that I start taking a um different drug in a in to coincide I guess with the other ones and so many people are going to say so many things about this but this is my story and I don't really care what other people are going to say about it so just leave your comments to yourself um, so he prescribed me with a low dose of um, instant-release Adderall because there's been studies that have shown the um, decrease of symptoms that coincides with the um, use of Adderall for people with depersonalization. So the first week that I was taking it, um, literally it was like snap of the fingers, like back to normal, like my life was totally normal. I was not depersonalizing. I felt so good. Like everything was everything was great. Like I felt like I was my myself, but like 
three years ago. Like, I just felt like my normal self again, and it was so good. And so then he wrote me, like, a full prescription for it. And then I went back after a couple of weeks, and I was like, yeah, like, it's kind of, like, lolling out. I don't know if it's working as well, which happens with the Adderall, which is why he's, like, he, he's very hesitant when he prescribes or adds in new things just because you don't really know how they're going to counteract with each other. Um, but I trusted him, so he added in the um, Adderall extended release. I hope that I said immediate release for the first one. So then he added the extended release, which um, I take first thing in the morning with my um, anxiety medication, which is Lexapro. Uh, these are just the medications that work for me. They don't work for everyone. You know, consult a doctor, whatever. So um, the extended release works kind of, I call it like my morning cup of coffee because, um, I don't know, it just, I get up, I take it with my Lexapro, I have breakfast, I start my day, and I move, move on from there, but it keeps me out of that, like, floaty, like, headspace that I will get into with the depersonalization, and then in the afternoon, I'll take, like, one or two of the, um, immediate release Adderall, because it's generally, like, the extended release only lasts for a certain amount of hours, it's all, again, about, like, how it metabolizes, and so, um, I don't take it past, like, 3 p.m., because I don't want to be up all night, um, so, yeah, those are just the medications that I take, and um, medication's not always necessary. It's just what works for me. Um, a lot of people have different opinions about it, but I'm not going to get into that. I just I just wanted to, to let people know. Is therapy because it's, like, very recommended that when you take any medication for like mental health related stuff um you you do therapy along with it because it's not the necessarily uh, that was not english it's whatever <laughs> um it's not necessarily like the going and talking about your problems kind of thing it's the importance of learning coping mechanisms and how to like talk yourself out of like a situation that you might be in that you're having a depressive episode or an anxiety attack. It's how to like ground yourself, which I've done a lot of research on, um, on my own, like just grounding yourself and like figuring out your spatial awareness, like breathing stuff. That's the importance of therapy. And that's why people go to see a therapist. Um, personally, I don't see a therapist though. Um, and that's because, Talking about the depersonalization makes me, like, really, really anxious, and it makes it feel more real to me, so I would rather, like, avoid talking about it and just kind of, like, I kind of cope with it with myself by not talking about it, and that's sort of, like, been the best way to go about it, in my opinion. Um, it's worked thus far. So we'll see what happens. Um, I might do a complete 180 and go off of medication and just see a therapist in a couple of years. Who knows? Um, this is just what's working for me right now. And like I've said, I'm going to be so repetitive throughout this episode. Like this is what works for me, but it's not going to work for everyone. Like it's not a fix all for everything. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about is kind of how the college way of getting help is a little bit of a broken system in my opinion. Um, a lot of students are like either not provided the right information for how they can get help if they 
need to see a therapist or there isn't the accessibility to it. Um, I think that my school does a really good job with it in terms of the accessibility because they do have walk-in hours. However, I think that the ratio and like the volume of like students to doctors and actual therapists is not super great and especially with the um, doctors that prescribe medication because like I have to book my appointments with my doctor like a month out just to make sure I can get an appointment and I know it's the exact same way at um, the counseling center at my school which is where I initially went but um, it's just like the the volume it's supply and demand but it's really shitty supply and demand and like that's not to say that like it's anything against like my school or like anything that my school has done I think it's just kind of raising more flags of like okay like we need more people available to talk to students because this is an issue like this is something that's happening on college campuses and it's more prevalent so like why not make it more accessible why not make it more convenient for students and like I said, my school has done that. They have a, like, 24-hour hotline that you can call and talk to someone. Um, I've never done that before, but I just know that it's available because I was a um, freshman seminar mentor this past fall, so I had to kind of be, like, trained in all of this stuff to, like, know it and how to, like, talk to students about it, which was really great. But, um, yeah, there's also, like, off-campus resources that you can, you can do, but... Overall, I would say on the college side of things, it's a pretty broken system and it's very like overlooked in the in the grand scheme of things at college. Like I think that if you like need help immediately, you can get it, but long term it's not really that great because there's just no like no appointments they're booked out for months and it's impossible to get like the consistency that you might need if you are like actually struggling so like I have friends at school who have just gone and gotten like outside therapists and psychiatrists like within like my the town that my school is in um which is great and I think that that's even better sometimes because you can have the consistency that you want you can see them as often as you want and you have a little bit more control and you don't feel like you're being watched as much because I feel like doing all this stuff through school is great because it's really convenient, but at the same time, it's like, what are they saying about it? Like, what is getting talked about? And like, who knows what? learning about people like people with depression and anxiety and it was kind of like a little bit of a hush hush topic like we didn't really talk about it but we were educated on it it was kind of summarized as like oh if you're depressed like you cut yourself or like if you're anxious like you're just kind of crazy and that's completely wrong and invalid um and I noticed that like, being in college, the stigma has changed a lot over the last four years that I've been here. Like, even so, like, it's just such an open conversation that people are so comfortable having with each other, which I think is really great. Um, like, I'll just randomly bring up, like, something regarding a doctor's appointment or a medication, and if it's a person I'm talking to, they'll say, like, oh, yeah, like, and they relate to it, too. It's a very relatable topic because 
we all kind of are similar in that way that like we are understanding of it and we know that it's almost like normalized to have like a mental health problem in college um which is kind of jumping ahead to one of my other points that I wanted to make is that people are kind of using their mental health as an excuse for their actions or like the way that they might treat people but it's not like a diagnosed thing or people are just saying they're saying stuff about their mental health that isn't true which is really frustrating for me because like it is actually something that I have to literally deal with every single day and like people don't understand that and I've heard stories about people on like I'm not even going to specify like sports teams or whatever but just like people using it they're saying like oh like my medication like didn't work today or like not even that, but they're just like, oh, like, I just, yeah, like, I'm really anxious, like, that's why I fucked up, like, like, don't use it as an excuse, like, if anything, I use it as reason to, like, work harder, because I don't want to be, I don't want to use that as an excuse, it's literally the same thing as letting your mental health eat you alive, if you conform to it, then it will become you, and you will become whatever, like, you have to deal with, like, if you use your mental health as an excuse to not do something you are just like submitting yourself to it which I don't think is healthy whatsoever but um yeah like those are just some of the stigmas that I've noticed and um like in college it's very like talked about and whatnot but like in the adult world like when I talk to my parents friends or whatever I don't really talk about it with them just because I don't want to make them uncomfortable or make them like, feel weird about it because I know that it's not really something that they just, like, casually pass in conversation, which I completely understand because that's not what adults talk about. Like, I'm a college-age kid and, like, that's a commonality that we all have is, like, we're losing our minds, basically. <laughs> but, um, again, like, it's still important. It needs to be talked about and that's kind of going into my next point is the raising awareness and that's what the entire purpose of May being Mental Health Awareness Month is to raise awareness that it is a disease to have anxiety, depression, etc. It's not a choice to have these problems and have these diseases. It's literally a disease and people can't control it. Um, so I think to raise awareness, the best thing to use is your voice and sharing your story and talking about it. Even though people might be uncomfortable talking about it, it's so important to talk about because it's just become such a, like, normalized thing in our world. And I think that the more we talk about it, the, like, less awkward it's going to be and the more conversational it's going to be and whatnot. Like, I'm very comfortable talking about it, but I know, like, other people aren't, which I totally understand because not everyone wants to sit there and talk about their anxiety and depression, but I'm kind of on the other end of it where I'm, like hey, let's talk about it. And I find that through me sharing my story, I've been able to help a lot of people because they didn't understand the resources at school or they didn't realize that there was something that could have been wrong with them. Um, that's basically like the premise of this entire episode is that I just wanted to share my story and some of my opinions about like just the overarching like mental health stigmas and medication and therapy because like some people just aren't educated in it and they don't know it and you're not going to know until you look it up or you go through it in my case I went through it and so I feel 
pretty pretty well educated on the topic, unfortunately. Um, I have my my ways, I have my meds, I have my my things that I do. Um, there's no ultimatum for healing yourself. You just have to remember that it's a process for everyone and it's gonna be so different for each person. Like like I said in the beginning, there's no overnight switch magic trick to help you heal it's you heal through yourself if that makes sense um so you kind of have to look to yourself and find like your inner eye and I don't know I just put it that way like you you have to help yourself before you can help yourself kind of if that makes sense too like you have to want to help yourself in order to help yourself if you're just gonna sit there and and not do anything about it but you're going to complain about it then well I'm sorry but nothing's going to get better for you but if you go and you are willing to take the steps to get better then you are going to get better and that's why it's called a process and it's called a journey. So I hope that you guys um, enjoyed this week's episode. I know there was a lot of jumping around and whatnot, but um, just in general, I wanted to make the point that mental health awareness is really important and it needs to be talked about more. Um, I think we don't talk about it enough and the significance that it has on not only ourselves, but also like our culture and kind of like what makes us who we are. So I hope that through this, we can kind of work together, break the stigma and uh, use our voices to help each other and support each other. So um, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. And thank you for listening to another episode of Unfiltered. <laughs>